shoes in the lift lobby, somebody who wants to put their own security camera outside their door, and naming and shaming in Strata Committee Minutes. We take a trundle through the Flat Chat Forum. I'm Jimmy Thompson. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hello. Uh, Once again, I'm with Sue Williams, property writer, author, travel writer extraordinaire, and we're here to look at the latest issues on the Flat Chat Forum. Hello, Sue. Hi, Jimmy. So, shoes in the lift lobby, are you for them or against them? (laughs) Well, I'm certainly not against them. I guess that's the same as being for them, but I kind of think... I mean, I I think a lot of people have written into you saying, you know, maybe people shouldn't be allowed to leave their shoes outside their front door. When you live in a house, you can obviously do that because, you know, it's your land. Depends where you live. They could get stolen. Well, that's true. Yes. (laughs) Um, But apartments, a lot of people are very strict and say, no, 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 you can't leave your shoes on common property outside your front door. But I kind of think that's pretty old fashioned. It's the same as saying, oh, you should never be able to hang laundry on, on your... Oh, wait a minute, that's a whole other issue. Well, it is, okay. But, um, you know, especially lots of different cultures don't wear shoes indoors, and right. so they like to leave their shoes outside the front door. And I kind of think, as long as they're not in other people's way, as long as people aren't going to immediately trip over them as, as soon as they come out of the lift or up the stairs, then what's the problem, really? Well, they don't they don't look good. You've got all sorts of different shoes lying around your otherwise pristine lift lobby but you might have some people with extremely nice shoes then they'll get stolen (laughs) what kind of place do you live in jimmy (laughs) if you leave your jimmy shoes outside your front door they will not be there in the morning yes but sometimes lots of these buildings have a lot of security so the only people who would be able to get your shoes are other people on your floor you mean where where your lift key only That's allows right. you to access your yes. floor. So you basically yeah. it's So if you have good security, then you only have a limited number of suspects, I suppose, as right. well as maybe tradespeople coming through. Well yeah. But um I reckon people are much more honest than you give them credit for, really. Because what's the point of someone stealing a pair of shoes if they're stilettos and they're a man? Okay, let's move away from the stealing of the shoes thing, which is entirely my fault. Um <laughs> but People object to shoes just because they don't want to see people's shoes. Oh, get a life. It's a first world problem, isn't it, really? Well, actually, it seems to be a bit of a third world problem <laughs> because that's where a lot of the people who culturally choose to leave their shoes outside their, their homes. I mean, you and I have both been in uh, homes of people who come from Southeast Asia and the expectation is, although to be fair, it's never been insisted upon, but the expectation is that you take your shoes off before you move into the house. And it, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it, really? Because you've been outside with your shoes, goodness knows what you've stood in, dogs, mess, everything, and you don't kind of want to bring that inside. So I can understand people <laughs> want to leave you You're going to leave your, your, your dog shit covered shoes outside for everybody else to, to deal with. Um, maybe, the other, the maybe other, someone will clean them for you. You never <laughs> yeah, know. You yeah. might have really good neighbours. Yeah, very good neighbours. And the other one is the the rich people with their white carpets who don't want people trekking through in their shoes. I mean, they don't even want to have their own shoes on their carpet. Are you saying if they've got nice, wonderful white wool carpets in the lobbies, they don't want people to wear their yeah. shoes? 
Also, these people who take their shoes off before they go into their own house are much more likely to take their shoes off before they go on a white lobby carpet too. And any building no, that installs no, no. a white lobby carpet <laughs> no, no, needs their head no. examined anyway. Yeah, nobody, no, there isn't a building on the planet that has white carpet in the lobbies. The argument against shoes in the lobby is fire safety. You're running for your life in a fire and you don't want to be tripping over anything. Well, you would only not notice them if the smoke was already billowing around, I suppose. But that's... But look, if you left yeah, your that shoes... That tends to happen with fires. <laughs> you, know, you know the phrase, no smoke without fire. Well, it works the other way also. <laughs> I reckon people who leave their shoes outside the door, they're going to leave them right up against the front door because they're not going to want to inconvenience their neighbours. Yeah. Most people, I think, are, are really thoughtful and polite. Okay, here's here's an argument. Let's take the argument of the fire safety thing. And now in a lot of buildings, people are putting in shelves and consoles and, and things like that with nice decoration in the lift lobby. Hmm. Well, that would be more of a problem, wouldn't it? Well, that exactly. So do you have to choose? Is it like you don't want the shoes, you don't get the console? or? Well, maybe you could put the shoes under the console. So shoe, shoe shelves. <laughs> there should be shoe shelves. Well, that that would be quite a nice idea. I think you should campaign for that. Well, I know a woman who sells them. She sells shoe shelves. <laughs> On the seashore? Yes. <laughs> this is very silly. And on, on that note, perhaps we're we should... I think we're going to have to agree to disagree, I think. All right, we'll change the subject. One of the other things that's come up in the forum is somebody who feels they need to have a security camera, their own security camera, outside their front door in the lift lobby again. What's your take on that? Are they a drug dealer? (laughs) Well, maybe they are, or maybe they're frightened of drug dealers. Are they a sex worker? Maybe they want to vet the people coming to their house before... Should one assume that somebody who wants their own security camera is involved in some nefarious activity, <laughs> or are they just very nervous? Well, it's kind of a bit odd, isn't it, really? Are you, is it allowed? I don't suppose it's technically allowed. No, it's not. You, I mean, um, you assume that there's no part of a lift lobby, including the outside of the front door, that isn't common property. Mm, so right. they can't do this without the permission of the committee. So are they putting it in because they're scared someone's going to be stealing their shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Well, it depends which way the camera is pointed. Okay, here's another scenario. This person has drilled a hole in their front door and the camera is actually on the inside of the front door looking out into the lift lobby. So everybody who walks through the lift lobby, all their neighbours know they're being filmed. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? It's and I suppose that's technically allowed, is it? Well, the law says that you can film on anything that isn't private property mm. from your own property. Right. Is just common property private property or is it public property? Yeah, that's I know the answer to that. It's uh, private. Private, okay. It's privately owned by mm. a group of people. Mm. But probably anybody who drills a hole in their door and then installs a camera... They're not going to actually tell other people they've installed a camera. People are just going to think it's, you know, one of those peepholes so you can look out and, yeah. and see who's knocking on a door or, look, you, you know, if a, there's a sudden commotion or something, you could look out and see. They're not actually going to tell people that they've installed a camera, are they? But it seems to be a new thing that people do like spying on other people. 
Mm. Even in a non-kind of sexual, nasty way. I remember living in a building where the camera at the front door was plugged into the TV system. So you went to you know, Channel 27. This was before all the digital mm. things took up every bit of, of the bandwidth. You went to Channel 27 and you could see the camera from the front door. It was great if somebody buzzed the front door, you could then switch on the TV and look and go, oh, yeah, I know this person. But people watched this. I think there was a security camera inside. People watched this, like, for hours, just watching people coming <laughs> and going. It's a bit sad, isn't it? It is really. But I suppose it's, it's kind of like if you're living in a house and you're sitting on your veranda and you're watching life go past outside. Maybe it's just it's just that kind of thing. You just want to feel connected to the rest of humanity sometimes. But life going past outside can see you on the veranda. This is the difference. Yes. You're sitting in a darkened bedroom with several video screens watching <laughs> various <laughs> angles of your neighbor's activity. That's a bit spooky, isn't it? It is really. But what if you saw a crime? Right. That would solve the crime. But, you know, the problem would be then if you recorded that. Would it be admissible in evidence? If no, wouldn't not, it? Wouldn't the, it? the audio wouldn't, but the, the video would. Well, because you've been filming on private property, wouldn't they argue you weren't allowed to? Well, they'll argue anything, won't yeah, they? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, that's a really strange one. Maybe we're going to see more and more of that, really, as technology kind of increasingly becomes very sophisticated and is able able to be really hidden. But the advice that I gave, for what it was worth, was why don't you ask this person why they feel the need to video what's going on in their lift lobby? Maybe there is some kind of problem. Like with a neighbour or... Yeah, or maybe they are just a bit sad and lonely. See, I think that one of the things about Airbnb is proving that the flat next door that shouldn't have short-term letting has people coming and going, different people coming and going all the time. And a camera on common property, a camera on the lift lobby would be able to prove that there was different people coming and going all the time. Mm. Well, yeah, and also I remember living in a building where there was someone suspected of dealing drugs from their apartment. And actually, if you were filming the people coming and knocking on the door at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., that would kind of be quite good proof because I remember in that building we talked to the police and um, the police kind of said, well, what we can do is we can bring in drug dogs and go through, you know, kind of all the corridors and Mm. the dog will stop at that um, Mm. apartment and because we suspect something illegal happening there, we can actually go in and maybe arrest the guy. And um, we talked about it at the EC, and we said, shall we allow the police to come in? And people said, well, actually, there are so many drug users in this building. (laughs) Not drug dealers, just drug (laughs) users. Just drug users. Um, It could cause enormous problems for everyone. So in the end, nothing ever happened. But if there was a difficult neighbour doing, you know, really antisocial things, I suppose, you know, it might be quite useful for, for that, really. It's a tricky thing. I mean... It could be that the person who's put the camera in has done so because the owner's corporation refuses to do anything Mm. about this illegal activity. I mean, there's just so many different possibilities in this. People need to talk to people more, I think. Mm, Absolutely, because then often they can solve, solve the problem without having to go this far. Yeah, you would hope so.
We're back. I'm with Sue Williams. Um, we're talking about the stuff that's coming up in the forum. And one of the issues has been naming and shaming in Strata Committee minutes. Are you a namer and shamer, Sue Williams? <laughs> no, I'm not. I um, I kind of think in the minutes, unless it's something congratulatory when somebody's just got an OAM or some, somebody's yep. done something fantastic, I think if somebody um, is going to be shamed, I think it's just wrong to put their name in the minutes. What basically. about people who are be- just won't pay their levies, they refuse to pay their levies? Even that, there's... You know, there might be a lot of reasons that someone's not paying their levies. They they might have just lost a job or, you know, they might have lost a partner. Lots of things go wrong. But actually just putting their name in the minutes just to kind of draw attention to them, I think is pretty mean. Much better to have a chat to that person and see if there's a real problem and then take it through legitimate channels. But the, the, the law says, basically, that everybody who owns in a strata scheme is entitled to know all the information about what's going on in the scheme. So if somebody isn't paying the levies as an uh, another owner, you're entitled to know. Yes, but if you put the lot numbers rather than the, the people's names, you can actually find out who the person is through the lot number. You can talk to the strata management company and find out who the person is if you're that interested. Um, or but, nosy, I think is yeah, the word sure, you're, you're sure. looking for. No, that's right. You know, usually, like if if I saw my lot number in the minutes and it said I was behind with my levies, I think, oh, I've forgotten to pay them or, you know, I didn't receive the, the, the notice of the levies or something and then I'd pay up. And a lot of people, I think, would be the same. I don't need to have my name broadcast out there. I think I'd get so annoyed I'd probably deliberately not want to pay my levies and cause problems for the for the owner's corporation because I'd be really annoyed about it. Do you know your lot number? No. <laughs> How long have you lived in your apartment? 20 years. <laughs> and you don't know your lot number? No. And I so, think... so people could be writing about the owner of lot number whatever, and you might not even realise they're talking about you. That's true. So therefore, that's a, that's a very good point. And so that's why they should come and have a chat to me. One of the members of the strata committee or the strata manager could give me a call or drop me an email, drop me a line and yeah. say, hey, you know, you haven't paid your levies. Yeah. By the way, that weird noise that you might have just heard was a cat coming through a cat door and and making a cat door rumbling noise. She's now wondering why we're talking into this machine. Anyway... So what's the downside of of naming and shaming? Is there a downside, apart from the people who've been named and shamed? Um, I think you you have to be careful of of, um, naming and shaming people if you're on the executive committee because, um, you know, you can say something defamatory about somebody and if you name the person, then you could um, make yourself vulnerable to a legal action. Right. Are you aware of any legal actions that might have been taken against people who weren't even named? Yes. Um, (laughs) When I was on an EC, we actually um, put a notice up about somebody and we named the lot number. We didn't name the person um, and we we sent it to everybody because it was part of um, owner's corporation business. But we also also put a notice down on the notice board for people who perhaps don't read the minutes. And um, 
A few of us were taken to court over that. We were taken to the Supreme Court in a defamation case, right? Um, which was incredibly unpleasant. And we hadn't named the person. We just named the lot number. But and as a strata committee and as an owner's corporation, you can attract um, qualified privilege. So yeah. you can actually, that is a defense to, for defamation and for lots of things. But the person argued that we'd defamed him or her and because the notice was in the lobby and a tradesperson could have walked past, could have taken a note of the lot number and then by some weird means found out who lived in that lot number. So therefore they were defamed. So, right. you know, it, it, even not naming someone c- can be dangerous. But that, really. that case fell over, didn't it? It did. But So we won the case, but it was really quite stressful being called and cross-examined in the Supreme Court um, by one of um, Australia's top defamation lawyers. Right. <laughs> Especially when, when he, he has got access to all your past um, computer records for part right. of the court case. And he says things like, Five years ago, did you mention this person in an email to somebody else? And did you mention where you thought he should go? (laughs) (laughs) And you say, I have no idea. I mean, sometimes I can't remember what I ate yesterday. I'm not going to be able to remember what I said in an email so many years ago. And then with a huge flourish and a grin, the lawyer pulls up the email and reads out exactly what you said. Right. (laughs) It's a horrible... It's a horrible experience, and it's a really expensive experience as well. I mean, we were lucky. Our strata uh, managers persuaded the insurance company to insure us, so they paid the costs. Um, in the end, we won the case. But I think probably if we'd have had to pay the costs personally ourselves, we wouldn't have taken it on. It, it would have been a real nightmare. Even though you felt from day one that you had a strong case. Yeah, sure. You know, like, as we've said, nobody knows the lot number. Mm. So how would a tradesperson know that this person... Well, that's right, yeah. But it's a gamble, isn't it? You you, you think, you know, okay, I could lose my house. I oh, could lose my right. home. Yeah. And, I mean, court cases aren't really about justice. They're kind of about evidence, the weight of evidence. Right. So, and, and case law. And it's kind of like you may feel you're in the right. You may feel you have a rock-solid cast-iron case. Yeah. But, in fact, um, somebody can kind of approach by completely different means and you can discover that suddenly your case just shatters. Right. So in a case like that, where you've got a person, and in this case it was a call a call to arms to the other owners to write in a, an objection to this person's proposal, you name them, you don't name them in the minutes, in fact, you just identify them by their lot number. I mean, would you do that again? I mean, it seems like a perfectly reasonable Yes, thing I would, to do. but I wouldn't put it down on the notice board. <laughs> right. So, so you'd only put it out the minutes. Out to other owners, yes. Right, and yep. that, that protects your privilege. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, it would have been inexcusable if we'd have named that person in the minutes because, you know, that would have been a horrible thing to do. So um, I think we did the right thing by just naming their lot number. So but um, lot numbers. Lot numbers, I think, is the way idea. to go. Yeah. Names, naming and shaming. I, I think it's childish and spiteful and silly, and I don't think that's a way for any community to behave. And what about people, these committees where uh, somebody puts up an idea and the minutes come out and they say, this idiot named has, well, they don't say this idiot, they just say this person named has come up with this idea and here are all the reasons why it's stupid. 
Mm. I mean, that's a, another form, isn't it? It's kind of like bullying. Is oh, it is, I think, yeah, absolutely. Because whenever you've got the floor and the other person doesn't have the same ability to respond in the same way yeah. with the same audience, that's, you know, a misuse of power, I think, really. So there's a simple solution to that. You don't have to go to court. You just go to the AGM and get them kicked off the committee. <laughs> yes, maybe so. Yeah. But would you name the person? Or would you just say, I I move that the owner of lot 2738... <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone starts searching in their bags. Is that, that me? Is yes, that me? <laughs> Have I just been defamed? <laughs> okay, mm. well, thank you very much, Sue. That was very enlightening and entertaining. Thank you, Jimmy. Always a pleasure to be here. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. It's always a great pleasure to talk to Sue Williams about strata and all related matters. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe through whatever service you get them. And if you want to know more and catch up with what's happening in strata, go to flat-chat.com.au and we'll try to keep you informed. Thanks for listening. I've been Jimmy Thompson. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.